Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Hello, everyone. Welcome to this latest edition of Claws to the Wall. It is the beginning of a new semester here at Texas State University, but don't worry. I know you guys missed us, so we're going to bring it right back to you. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson. With me is my lovely two co-hosts, Colton Gibson and Chris Johnson. We got a good lineup for you guys today. We will be digging into some Texas State basketball for both men and women. We're also going to be digging into some San Marcos High School men's basketball as they continue their dominating winning streak we're also going to be previewing the nfl division round and recap the wild crazy wild card weekend for you guys here today but first off i want to ask but first before we even get started first of all glad to see you guys back and uh just tell me how are how are classes so far y'all like y'all like what y'all have they've been pretty good you know i only had uh some classes yesterday no classes on wednesdays and fridays so get a good break but um you know really excited for what's to come this semester in terms of sports classes everything it's going to be a really jam-packed semester with uh, some really good teams to watch yeah i can uh, piggyback off of that uh, colton i'm really excited for this semester i started yesterday with just our one online class um, so it's pretty simple just got to relax at home um, do the things i needed to do get prepared for today because today i got three uh, classes uh, in person so i'm uh, Stacked in, stacked on the schedule today, and ready, ready for all the sports uh, that we're ready to talk about here. Absolutely. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and dig right into Texas State men's basketball as they are currently ten and nine on the year. And let me just say, it's been a really tough, tough schedule, tough sledding for the Texas State uh, for the men's team as they are currently twelve and nine, uh, ten and nine on the year with uh, uh, with a loss that they just actually had against. Uh, Louisiana Monroe and I know you know we've been talking about this basketball team how you know they've been trying to you know connect and try to make sure they can you know you know connect as a group because you know I know the departure of Caleb Caleb Asbury last year was was pretty big and pretty huge so uh, I want to throw it to you guys you know if, what do y'all see from this Bobcats team and do you do, you know they can possibly make you know a big time change and you know get on on the momentum uh, swing before conference play I think they're definitely starting to trend in the right direction. They started to str string a few wins together, had a three-game win streak, and you know just dropped the one against UO Monroe only by three points. But the offense is really the struggle right now. Obviously, the defense is doing okay. They're keeping the Bobcats in these close games. But I, I was looking at this, this last game, and Texas State missed their first 13 shots of the game. And Jesus. nine minutes in, the score was 8-2. to two. Wow. So obviously, the defense is keeping the Bobcats in the game, but – you got to get the lid off the basket at some mm -hmm. point, and they just haven't been able to find a way to do that right away. They need to get these quick starts. You know, the game before that, they they got a win because they had a quick start. They were shooting a lot better, but in this last game, they shot 23% from three on the entire game. You know, in today's age of basketball, the three point three point shot is is where it's at. That's mm -hmm. where all the firepower comes from. They have to find a way to to really make that work as they move forward through the schedule if they want to succeed at all. Uh, and I agree with you. And they do have uh, a good uh, home matchup coming up this Thursday against Marshall, coming back at home uh, after taking a tough loss against uh, U ULM um, this past 
what day was that? Saturday. Past Saturday. Sorry about that. It's all good. Uh, past Saturday. Uh, but Mason Harrell, he actually, uh, I read that he tied for eighth in program uh, sc- career scoring after putting up 17 points against ULM. Um, so uh, that a- the offense, uh, I believe, is ready to come back um, with some firepower coming back into the home, um, home court advantage, home court, um, and try to get back in that winning column. Yeah, so, and Chris, like you alluded to earlier, they'll be actually home for the next three games, so they'll, you know, have a really nice home field advantage, and like you said, their next game is against the Thundering Herd of of Marshall, one of the newer teams that has been added to the Sunbelt Conference this past uh, this past year, so we are looking for it. In fact, they have two games coming up this uh, this week. Uh, this week, Thursday, tomorrow. Uh, as of this recording, it'll be Thursday uh, against Marshall, and then Saturday against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. So that is also going to be on KTSW. I'm personally looking forward to these games personally because you know, like I like I've been seeing. You know, there have been times where they've had a lot of missed opportunities, whether we're you know it was with free throws or whether it's with the passing game. You know, turnovers have been kind of I wouldn't say the main story of the season but you know kind of have been a really really stu- uh, you know poor start for the Popcats especially you know in the beginning of the year and then also you know later on in the year so I, th- I think if they can keep the turnovers down and you know start making you know big time shots uh, they'll you know they'll spring back up to where they should be and hopefully they can get more uh, conference wins absolutely yeah they're getting a team in Marshall that's on their own three-game winning streak and they've been pretty successful as they've started in the Sunbelt Conference so far however uh, I believe five of their first six conference games have been at home so they're they're getting a little taste of of the road now with six of their next eight games being on the road where they're only 500 record three and three so you know maybe they catch a team that struggles on the road get another win string some wins together and you know you're right back you're still above 500 yeah. right now with, the, you know, the the rough start that they've had. So all you need is a few wins to start rolling. And, you know, I think this team can, can really turn the season around and make it something that they're proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the next games that you'll be catching uh, for the Texas State men's bo- uh, bo- basketball team is going to be this Thursday against Marshall. That will be at 7 o'clock. And this Saturday, uh, January 21st, uh, against the Louisiana Ration Cajuns at 4 p.m. So be sure to go out there and root for your Texas State Bobcats. If you can't make it to the game, be sure to tune into KTSW 89.9, where our very own Clint Shields will be on the call for both of those games that weekend. So be sure to tune in. But we're going to take a transition into Texas State women's basketball, who's having a little bit of a better season than the men's right now. They are currently on a 12-5 uh, and five on the year they are four and two in conference they're currently on a two game winning streak and they also have been very dominant at home they're currently 10 and two at home and then obviously you know two and three on the road so i mean other than that this bobcat uh women's team is doing fairly well i know it's you know a little bit better than than the men are doing right now but you know i know we talked about how last year was kind of a bit of a struggle for them they were an early exit in the sunbelt uh, conference tournament last year uh, they were current I believe they were like in the fourth seed of uh, the tournament last year so uh, I think you know they're kind of trying to bounce back and possibly be do a little bit better uh, than they were last year but they got you know two you know one two straight against Georgia State and then against Arkansas State both of them pretty dominantly they actually won by a little bit more than you know 20 points in each game so you know this Bobcat team is is clicking finally and hopefully you know uh you know, hopefully they can keep the momentum going and possibly make it make a further run. 
Yeah, I first off want to congratulate Coach uh, Zanara Antoine on yes. becoming the winningest head coach in Texas State women's basketball history. Woo-hoo. Now 176 wins, I think. Uh, so, so congrats for that. But this this women's basketball team is really doing everything right right now. Winning by 34 points against Arkansas State. You know, Denasia Hood has been in and out of the lineup and yeah. in and out of games because you know struggling with an injury, which she's done plenty for mm-hmm. <laughs> for t- uh, women's basketball. But Kennedy Taylor is now really having to step up as the leading score yeah. for that team. 21 points in the game against Arkansas State, and she's dishing out assists like crazy too. So. She has really become the leader of this team, at least for right now, I think. And you're also getting key pieces like Jada Reed back from injury. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this team has been really good to start the season, and now they're getting all their firepower back that they didn't have at the beginning of the season. So it can only get better. Absolutely. I can agree with you. I think this offense has come out with super high power, um, fighting injuries and having those uh, players be able to step up into the key roles that they really need them to. Um, But I think one big thing about this uh, Bobcats defense is that their defense has been really efficient this year. Um, It seems like when they played Arkansas State, they seemed to hold uh, the shooting percentage in the second half to 16.7%, which is really well. If you are able to hold um, a very good uh, basketball team like that to a low percentage of shooting, Mm -hmm. um, you're always happy and you're always excited for your defense, giving your offense that opportunity to score easy points and easy baskets. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that me and uh, me and Colton kind of discussed uh, when we did uh, uh, Bobcat Radio was that you know the chemistry that this team has is kind of it can be up and down, but when it gets up, it can stay up. And I honestly think that the Bobcats can really, you know, keep climbing up the mountain and possibly finish out with that five loss. Because honestly, if you could kind of look at the schedule, they have ULM coming up, and then they have South Alabama and Old Dominion and Southern Miss uh, when they you know finally return home. So they're going to be on the road for the next three games. And honestly, if they can squeak out all of that, I think they'll be fine because, like I mentioned before, they're two and three on the road. So honestly, you know, playing on the road is not their strong suit as, you know, as the season progresses. But, uh, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to play on the road. It's tough to play in a different environment. Obviously, you know, different setting. I know time zones have something to do with that a little bit. But, you know, they just got to get adjusted and got to get to new, you know, get through the new, uh, you know, progressions of the season. And, you know, hopefully they can turn their season around, possibly turn their, you know, their losing. I wouldn't say losing streak, but their streak of being on the road, being uh, playing on the road. So but you can catch the women's basketball team they're going to be on the road for the next three games so they will have um ul um louisiana uh, university of louisiana monroe tomorrow at 6 30 p.m and then they'll be playing south alabama saturday in mobile alabama so be sure to tune in to stat if you unfortunately we are not going to be bringing that game on air so if you have anywhere uh, any stat cast that you have for either for ESPN or for TexasState.com, be sure to tune in and check that out and keep up with the Bobcats as they could possibly uh, have a nice road game, road game winning streak. But now we're going to take a step down from collegiate level and we're going to talk and get into some high school basketball. And we're going to start with te- with the San Marcos High School Rattlers basketball team as they are currently. 27 and 2. Let me rephrase that. 27 and 2 on the year. They are now two officially 2 and 0 in district. They are first uh, they're first place in district. I believe they're t- I want to say they're tied with I want to say New Braunfels right now, but uh that is another day. And they are currently on now what is a 20 game winning 20 oh, 21 game 
winning streak as they played against Clemens this past Friday. I was on the call with Paxton, and let me just say, that was probably one of those games where you can just sit back and just reminisce because back and forth, it was a back-and-forth battle between Clemens and San Marcos. It was one off of Javen Kofer, three uh, – three-point buzzer beater game winner it was an unbelievable atmosphere the crowd was absolutely bonkers it was an unbelievable atmosphere and Clemens played their hearts and Clemens played their tails off every time they got possession they tried to get a bucket and they got their bucket but I knew this game would have a lot of adjustments because they played each other in a neutral site during the tournament uh, when we were on uh, the winter break so you know Clemens obviously made the you know adjustments but San Marcos just found a way to win. Yeah, I, I was checking out the schedule. The last time the Rattlers lost was November 19th. Jesus. That was the second of their two losses. 21 wins in a row. I think if they can win out, it's going to be a 29-game winning streak Jesus. going into the playoffs. So they're obviously in a very good position. But but talking about the game against Clemens, you know, tied at 51 with 24 seconds left, everybody in the arena says it's going to Caden Gums because nah. he's, he's the star of the team. Caden, even Malik Presley, you know, both of them have been leading this team. Caden Gums, future Texas State Bobcat. Yes, of course. he is, of course. But, you know, I don't know that anybody saw with Caden Gums under 10 seconds, had the ball in his hand. I don't think anybody saw that he would be passing that ball. But Javen Kofer in the corner, perfectly set up for that three-pointer to win the game. It was drawn up beautifully. Everybody, you know, went to, to Caden Gums as he – drove towards the basket and the, the pass out was beautiful it, it was perfect ending to, to that game and you know it, it had to be them to do it yeah absolutely uh and yeah looking at the but looking back at that video um of him driving to the paint and having those people be able to collapse on him and finding his his teammate out in the corner um is something you see that you want to see within your teammates to be able to uh, find your guy open in them key moments and last seconds uh, to be able to get that key win, especially in district play in a tough district um, like the San Marcos Rattlers are in. Um, the next couple of matchups they have, um, they are going away and home, um, and they're going to face Judson and then New Braunfels. So they still have uh, two tough matchups coming up uh, to continue that 21-game uh, win streak. And I know at the beginning of the season they didn't have Javen Kofer. Mm -hmm. um, he was injured, and I know – having him back is key to that offense being able to move the ball around being able to have him on defense and being able to force some turnovers yeah absolutely and the one thing i do want to note is that you know calling that game everybody baited to the paint you know inside of the paint and then it, it just let Jaden coven javen kofer wide when i mean wide open like there wasn't even no one around him that's how that's how you know he got seriously open but i mean what can you say more? Dan Miller's doing an absolutely amazing job with these guys this season. And, you know, like I mentioned before, Kanan Gums and Malik Presley, both of them are McDonald's All-American uh, All-Star Game nominees. We currently still don't know uh, the uh, hope uh, the projections of, the, of that game, and hopefully we can hear something hopefully this coming week or possibly next week. We're still waiting to hear. But, I mean, this team is just clicking. And then obviously the game last night uh, against Steele where they put up 76 points to steals 46 so they clearly ran the table with steel and you know i kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier uh when we were doing bcr is that you know they're in a you know more tougher district with judson who's in steel and 
you know, Clem and Clemens, who have been, you know, top dog powerhouses when it comes to either basketball or football or even track for that matter. So they, they, if you can beat those guys, I think, you know, you have a real, real strong possibilities of possibly going far in not only district play, but also possibly state level, you know, state level, because, you know, obviously they're not in the district with Lake uh, Westlake and Lake Travis like they were last year. And, you know, unfortunately, Westlake put it on them last year. And I think, I, I honestly don't think they they still for, they forget about that because you know I think they want to meet Westlake probably later down the road if they do get a lot farther and if Westlake gets far you know I think you know we could possibly see a Westlake San Marcos re- rematch if all possible and I'm pretty sure that's what San Marcos is hoping for <laughs> um, they definitely w- would want some revenge um, I know revenge is sweet. Um, and <laughs> especially when they've been coming out in these games this year and they've been um, handling their business. They've been handling their opponents pretty well. Um, and I think the coach has done a great job with that uh, team, bringing them in as a, uh, as a family and showing them that um, you can't do it alone. So, yeah, but San Marcos's next game is going to be this Friday against the Jut- the Judson Rock the Com- uh, the Judson Rockets back in Commerce. They'll be actually on the road. Um, I believe we will be putting that game on air. We got to see what travel is going to be like, but they will be playing this Friday this Friday in Converse Judson. So if you are you know any you know Rattler fans or you know family of the players, family of you know any of the teammates, please go out and support your San Marcos uh, Rattlers. They'll also be playing. New Braunfels, New Mount. New Braunfels is one of the more tougher teams. They, I believe, are second in district, and they're actually second behind San Marcos. So uh, that's going to be a really tough matchup for them. So let's hope you know they can possibly get something done and get two more wins and continue their winning streak as the week progresses. But that is going to do it for us for local for local sports. And now we're going to take a deep dive into the NFL playoffs and it is playoff time boys and honestly this has been probably one of the more surprising wildcard weekends I think I've ever seen it is it was the NFL wildcard this past weekend and we saw some real stunners I should say from this past weekend we're going to go ahead and start off in the NF we're going to start we're going to say the AFC for last but we're going to start off in the NFC we're going to start with the Seattle Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers and I'm honestly going to say, Geno Smith played a decent game. However, it just was not enough because it was 23-17 to 17 in the first half, and then all of a sudden second half just turned a different page in the book. 49ers just completely ran with it. Brock Purdy doing absolutely phenomenal as always. George Kittle and then obviously having Debo Samuel finally back in the lineup really spices things up. And then Christian McCaffrey on the ground. I mean, this team is absolutely dominant, dominant right now, and honestly, they're probably the big favor in the probably in the NFC right now. So I kind of want to ask, you know, where do y'all see this Niners team going? You know, I'm looking at the 49ers, and obviously, the the NFC talk all year has been about the Philadelphia Eagles, but I'm looking at the 49ers right now as the NFC favorites, in my opinion. Um, Brock Purdy has shown nothing but good so far. He hasn't really made any mistakes as a starter for this team. Coming into the season as a third-string quarterback, now you know is cementing himself to potentially be the starter going into next season. You know, Trey Lance might be the third-string quarterback next year for yeah. all we know. But Jimmy G back another up. another great game for him over 300 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. He is performing well. He's leading this team. I think they're definitely the favorites so far. I think head to head with the Eagles or the Cowboys or any of these teams, they are going to really take care of them. 
Yeah, and I agree. I think a lot of people think the Eagles are on top just based on that record, but um, I agree with you. I think the 49ers are definitely um, the top dogs right now in the NFC. Um, Their defense is standing out, doing tremendously well in the secondary, and their D-line is getting to the QBs um, very well. I also think their offense is fantastic. I mean, you can't stop that running back duo of Debo and Christian McCaffrey in the Mm -hmm. backfield. Um, and then, of course, you have an amazing third-string QB who <laughs> came in and is shredding it up on the field, is just throwing dimes and is getting it to his players where he needs to be. Um, and I, uh, if I'm correct, I read a stat uh, that I don't think the 49ers have lost since they've uh, nope. gotten that trade with Christian McCaffrey, um, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon in the playoffs. Um, he is running the ball um, like he is back at Stanford, and that's what we all love <laughs> to see. I mean, he was. I mean, he was the stud at Stanford. I'm not gonna lie to you. He was. He was pretty, pretty that guy. I remember that Rose Bowl when he busted that 80 yard touchdown run. Yeah, that was. Ooh, yeah. Ugh, memories. Ugh. Anyway, um, but yeah, absolutely. The 49ers absolutely ran the table with Seattle and give Seattle a lot of credit because they haven't. I know they haven't been back in the playoffs obviously since Russell Wilson. So and Geno Smith, uh, for sure, probably one of the better seasons he has had in his career. I know he has been a backup for most of his years. And also started playing with the Jets, and you know he's been all over all over the league. And honestly, I'm really glad that you know he finally came up to his true colors. He is actually going to be re-signing with Seattle next year. And honestly, I don't blame him because he truly showed that he is he could be made and be up there in the all elite quarterbacks that are in the league. Which gives me into my next topic. So the 49ers are in and now another NFC team that is also in and that is the Dallas the Dallas Cowboys as they took on the Tampa Bay uh, Mr. Goat himself the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they absolutely ran the table I I had a hard time getting that out because I'm not a fan of the Dallas Cowboys at all and I just wanted to say that for you know firm and clear but as a football fan, I can say I'm actually seriously impressed that the Dallas Cowboys came through and beat Tom Brady. Finally, someone, you know, Cowboys finally beat Tom Brady because I know that has been the story that Tom Brady has never lost against Dallas, and now he finally has. Final score was 31 to 14. Dak Prescott five touchdown passes. That I don't think we haven't seen really since, uh, really since I want to say last year, right? That seems about right because I know he had, you know, kind of a a little bit tougher season this year. Obviously, you know, had an injured thumb, and then obviously Cooper Rush came in and absolutely ran the table as a backup. And then you know, obviously Prescott coming back and finally getting back to his you know playoff self. But you know, what more can you say? This Dallas team defense, I think, obviously, if they can keep clicking like they were last you know, this past Monday, I think they'll be fine. And but their defense just has been solid. They've been solid all year. I mean, I don't think you really can't stop them right now. Yeah, I'm also not a huge fan of the Cowboys, but as a football fan, you have to be excited for what Dak Prescott is doing. You know, there was stats all season about how Dak Prescott has thrown more interceptions than Derek Carr, and Derek Carr played in every game twice as many games as mm-hmm. he did in the regular season. So to come in and throw for 300, t- 300 yards and four touchdowns in a, in a playoff game, run for one, two, you know, it, it's really good. They really took care of the Bucks in all aspects other than kicking maybe being mm-hmm. one for five on extra points but as long as they can improve on that this is going to be a, a really good team going into the next round you know they they're going to take on the 49ers so i anticipate that being a good game as long as this cowboys team and this version of dak prescott is what shows up 
I agree. I think the only way that the Cowboys are able to come out on top this weekend against the 49ers, that high-powered defense, um, I do. they do both have high-powered defenses, um, but I do think the 49ers have a little bit more um, to their advantage there on the defensive side. Um, and I think Dak played excellent. Uh, he had zero interceptions, and I think that was Ooh. the biggest key into winning that game. Um, again, throwing for four, running for one. Um, and the last, I think, four or five games, he had thrown multiple picks, mm-hmm. and so a lot of people were doubting him and um, saying that he wasn't going to be able to do it. He also was able to make a lot of good defensive reads. I saw a lot of videos where they did breakdowns, and he was playing to a very high level, mm-hmm. and that's what the Cowboys need for them to advance on in this uh, in this playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said before, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I can honestly say that, you know, Dallas really showed a lot out of me that night because they can really they it, they literally show me that they can compete with the best of them and honestly the Niners I think are gonna the Niners Cowboys game is really gonna be really something to see because in history these two have they these two have a long time rivalry especially in the playoffs majority majority of them were in the playoffs um, you know it's it's gonna be another it's gonna be another one of those games where something really crazy is probably going to happen like last year when you know Dak you know ran a quarterback draw I was still upset about that because that you just you never see in the NFL ever 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 and I remember you know Presley one of our staff members was not happy about the call at all and she almost lost it so it was it was pretty ugly but we're going to switch into another NFC team who for for a lot of people is a pretty sleeper and that is the New York Giants as they took on the Minnesota Vikings. So officially, Kurt Cousins play. Uh, oh, Kurt playoffs. Cousins is officially eliminated. Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nah, but um, but now nah, the New York Giants. They absolutely you know gave Minnesota all they could handle. They won 31 to 24. It was an absolute amazing. First of all, it was the game. The game was pretty good. But I mean, this Giants team. A lot of people are sleeping on this team because you know. The Giants were one of those teams that probably didn't have a chance at all this year or making it this year. And the fact that, you know, they're here, they're finally, aw- you know, awakened finally, it's it's amazing to see. So, you know, Saquon and then D- Daniel Jones as well, fi- uh, you know, uh, Danny Dimes finally showing his di- his his money finally. So, uh, but no, nah, this Giants team, they're, they're really slept on in this NFC playoff picture right now. Yeah, the legend continues. Daniel Jones, 300 yards, two touchdowns, ran for 78 yards as well. So he's a dual-threat quarterback that I didn't even know was on the radar for being a dual-threat quarterback, <laughs> you know. But it, it was it was really – the Giants played well, and the Vikings just didn't play well. Mm-hmm. They, they did what they do. Kirk Cousins was phenomenal this season, led them to a top seed in the NFC, and then got to the playoffs, and Once again. they – you know, threw for 270 yards and two touchdowns, and they had a shot to win this game. They were going down the field, driving, and in true Kirk Cousins fashion, on third and 12 or whatever it was, he threw a four-yard pass to TJ Hawkinson. So not the best game IQ decision there for Kirk Cousins, and mm-hmm. it, it ultimately cost his team their spot in the playoffs, and the Giants, you know, get to get to go face a division opponent in Philadelphia now. 
I'm a huge fan of the Giants, um, and I think that Brian Dable has done a great job with this team this year, especially coach in that of the year. coach yep. of the year. Yep. I agree with him. I'm, I think he is definitely coach of the year, uh, bringing this team together. Uh, a young Daniel Jones, who um, no one really believed in, um, uh, injury prone in quotations. <laughs> uh, Saquon Barkley doesn't think that he's going to come back and be able to perform the way he does. But this team has come together well. They've been able to pull in the receivers, been able to pull in the strings. Um, and when they played Minnesota today, or this past weekend, um, they didn't have um, many mistakes, and that was the key to winning this game as Minnesota and playoff Kirk Cousins did not come to show up. Um, and Justin Jefferson also was um, pretty locked up by the defense. Yeah. Um, the defense was doubling, double covering him pretty much the whole night. Um, and so being able to, for the Minnesota Vikings, not being able to get that offense going with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, I think really held them down. Um, and what um, was a huge contributor of them not winning this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, I don't want to go too much on the Kirk Cousins spiel, but that man is just, I don't think he's made for the playoffs because if you look, you know, at his, you know, at his, you know, track record, you know, when he played for what was the, the, the Redskins, now the Commanders, you know, he went into the playoffs, gave it all he can against Green Bay and, he couldn't he couldn't win and then obviously uh you know as a viking you know uh, as a viking got beat by the 49ers a couple of years ago with Stephon Diggs still on that roster still and uh you know didn't make it there so um, you know he's I think he's becoming one of those quarterbacks that can make you know that can do exceptionally well in the in the regular season and then once he gets to postseason he just you know collapses and I think we're seeing a lot of that nowadays you know, with the younger group, I know Kirk Cousins is probably—I want to say—kind of you know the older group of quarterbacks, other than you know Rodgers and Brady and uh, Derek Carr and stuff and all you know other guys. But <clears throat> excuse me, you know it's 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 funny, it's it's just crazy to see that. And like Colton, like you said, another divisional ra- uh, matchup. You know, I gotta say the NFC East. Kudos to them, you know, for making it for three out of the four teams to make it into the playoffs. That's that's honestly and insanity. All three of them to go on to the divisional round. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that you know, shout out to them, man. Because honestly, I think wh- where were they? F- where did they finish? Like, oh, I know they didn't. Fi- they finished like low last year, but like I'm trying to think, what were their projections this year? Because I know they were like maybe like like third to last to finish like in the East or something like that, well, or not in the East, but like. The uh, Giants were third in the East, and now they're getting a shot to, to play in the divisional round. So that's just a, a really good division because even the Commanders were threatening to make a yeah, postseason push there at the they, end. They got knocked out, I think, week 17, week 17, and Ron Rivera was shocked about it. He got talked about in an interview. He was like, wait, what? We're out of the playoffs? Yes. I, I think that the division this that this whole year has been well. Um, they played very well, and it's a very competitive um, division, mm-hmm. and so they're – they were able to have um, those competitive matchups or maybe those playoff matchups before they were even in the playoffs to get ready for those type of plays or those type of players. Yeah, absolutely. So divisional round officially is set for us. It is the 49 or the Dallas Cowboys taking on the 49ers real quick. Who wins that ma- Who wins that matchup? 49ers for sure. <laughs> in my opinion. 49ers 35 24 35 24 I'm gonna go 49ers oh boy uh 49ers 24 21 that will be my final prediction and then Eagles or Giants versus Eagles who gets that W I'm taking the Eagles Eagles I mean no 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 sorry I'm taking the Giants Giants, okay taking the Giants I'll, I'll say 
by a score of 28 to 13. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to go with you as well. I'm going to choose the underdog here. I think the Giants come out um, on top in Philly, uh, upset them. Philly fans out there, I think they come out on top <laughs> 28 to 24, um, just barely squeezing through. You know, when when we're talking about the Giants and the Eagles, there's been so many chaotic endings to this long historic rivalry between these two, like the Maryland's and the, the uh, Miracle and the Meadowlands, one and two, because obviously people remember that Deshaun Jackson run that that completely shut them down. <laughs> That's why you don't ever kick that man the ball. <laughs> but. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they're well-rested. I think, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts is back finally. I think the Eagles are going to win it, but it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I will give them 30 – I'm going to say 30-27. I do want to throw out that the last time the New York Giants have won a Super Bowl, Eli Manning went ahead and won the Super Bowl. Yes, he did. Yes, he against Brady. Two-time – I think he's – isn't he the only quarterback that has beaten Tom Brady, at least in the Super Bowl? Twice. Twice, Yeah. And in fact, that's the only time Brady has actually lost. Oh yeah, no, other no. than Nick Foles. Yeah, because it was all the the only people to keep rings from Brady was uh, Nick Foles, Eli Manning, and Giselle. And Gi- <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Oh man. Oh man. So yeah, so the divisional round will be this weekend, starting on Saturday, uh, for NFL for the NFC. Now we're gonna take a dive into AFC wildcard matchups, and honestly, this was probably the real moneymaker for a lot of people. But we're going to start off with the third biggest comeback in NFL postseason history, and that was the Jack, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chargers were winning 27-0, and then it was 27-7 at the half, and then the Jaguars completely came, completely did a 180 and came all the way back and win it. And let me just say, that was, first of all, that was more impressive of the comeback itself, but also really bad play calling for the Chargers because there was a lot of calls that I honestly thought was kind of mysterious because, like, I didn't know what, you know, Stanley was doing as far as, you know, trying to move down, you know, move the ball down the field. But, you know, kudos to the Jaguars for taking advantage of all the opportunities that they had to on, you know, the fourth down, uh, the third down stops and trying to, you know, you know, get their momentum going one drive at a time, like Doug Peterson said, and you know it was it. It turned out to be a W. You know, so uh, you know, what do y'all what do y'all think, man? I mean, the Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in the first half of that game. So shout out to Asante Samuel Jr. for getting three of those in one half. Yeah, but absolutely. Turn around and threw three touchdowns in uh, in the second half to to bring the comeback. Uh, obviously, this is a team that didn't you know clinch their playoff spot until that final week beating the the titans Mm -hmm. so they didn't even know if they were going to get a taste of the playoffs and now they're taking full advantage of it uh beating the chargers who you know they were the jaguars hosted this game so the the chargers technically were the lower seed they Mm -hmm. had the same record but you know now they've bought a date with the chiefs obviously going to be a little bit of a, a bigger matchup for them the, the Chiefs winning the division ahead of the Chargers. So it's going to be a, a crazy game. I hope Trevor Lawrence shows up. Hopefully doesn't allow them to get down 27 points going into the half, make it a little closer in the half to, to maybe make it more possible to, to see an upset here. And that would be very exciting if the Bills got to play the Jaguars in the AFC Championship. 
<laughs> I do agree. I think that'd be very uh, cool to see the, the the Jaguars and uh, the Bills in in the championship. Uh, Trevor Lawrence does have to come out and play better. Um, those first four drives were interception, interception, punt, interception, um, punt, interception to continue on. Jeez. So that first half uh, definitely did not go their way. Um, he's got to find ways to get his uh, key players open. He's got to find ways to um, work around his offense and find ways to uh, keep his defense off the field um, because, of course, defense is going to win you championship games. is is going to come down to them final seconds when you need them the most. Um, and so he's got to be able to keep that defense off the field and be able to drive the ball uh, methodically down the field, um, being able to uh, put points on the board, not just three, but put up touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like you said, four interceptions in the, fir- in the first half, first of all, that's unheard of. You know, last time – I remember that happened was Nathan Peterman throwing six in a game. <laughs> Sorry, Colton, I didn't mean to bring that up, but, um, but yeah, I mean the Jaguars—they absolutely did the, you know, the impo- I wouldn't say the impossible because I've seen you know, you know, comebacks. Obviously, you know, the thirty, you know, thirty-three to nothing comeback that we saw this past season with the Vikings and the Colts, and then, uh, you know, the Chiefs and the Colts from ten years ago when the Andrew Luck. You know, came all the way back from uh, like a twenty-eight ten, def- uh, like twenty-eight ten, thirty-five to ten deficit. That was you know ridiculously crazy. But I mean, and you know, note to self here: since the Jaguars are playing the Chiefs, Chiefs are at home. However, it is on a Saturday, and like you know, we alluded to earlier, Trevor Lawrence has not lost on a Saturday at all, ever. College, not, in, not in high, high school, school, not in college, and so far not in the NFL. So. I mean, we that'd be it'd be insanity if you know the Jaguars could pull off a win against the Chiefs, who are currently number one, had the bye week uh, to themselves, so they got to basically watch all the uh, playoff action unfold. But I mean, yeah, so Jaguars and Chiefs will scrub this Saturday. Uh, you can catch it on NBC, but uh, I gotta ask y'all, who wins it? Uh, I really would like to see the Jaguars win. You know, as and an ex Texans fan seeing an <laughs> AFC South seeing an AFC South team kind of kind of move forward will be very nice and you know kind of erasing Patrick Mahomes from the possibilities <laughs> of who the Bills erasing. would potentially have to play in the next round um I, I would like to see the Jaguars win but realistically I think the Chiefs probably win this game probably by multiple touchdowns if we're being honest yeah, I would love to see, uh, as a Texans fan, um, it's very tough out there this year. Oh, um, man, I'm sorry, but, bro. you know, we carry on. Uh, as, a, as a Texans fan, I would love to see the Jaguars in there as well, but I don't believe they're going to pull it out this weekend. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes and that high-powered offense is just too much. Um, Jared McKinnon coming out of that backfield. Um, you got Juju Smith out in the, out in the wide Juju. Out. Juju. Um, they're just too powerful. Uh, you can't stop. Um, if you're not able to stop that deep pass game, then they're going to hit you with the short cross routes, short hit ra- hitch routes with Travis Kelsey, and tra- you can't tra- stop Travis Kelsey. That man's going to break the first tackle, and he's going to score most of the times. Um, but I do believe that Kansas City is going to pull this one out um, by at least three touchdowns. Wow, some strong possibilities here. Well, I'm going to go with Kansas City. I love what the Jags have done, but it, honestly, I think it's their time. I'll be really stunned if the Jaguars do pull it off, but I have the Chiefs winning. But I'm going to say by two touchdowns. Not by three, but by, by two at least. Give them a game. But, but it's funny you mentioned the Bills because that leads to, to our next 
wild card matchup, and it was the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. And let me just say, Colton, I'm going to just ask you straight up, what happened? I'll admit I was a little nervous in this game. I was not as nervous in in the first quarter. You know, they were up 14-0 after the first quarter, and they just kind of let the Dolphins get some momentum. The, the, their defense played pretty well, but ultimately I think this is the worst Buffalo Bills you're going to see in, in the NFL playoffs this year. Um, and it was mainly – I, see, I don't even know how to dissect this game. I was going to say the <laughs> offense was struggling, but the offense still puts up 34 points. Uh-huh. It was and a back and forth. The, the defense, I think, even though giving up 31 points really played well, they held you know, Tyree Kill to, to less than 70 yards, which the last two times they played the Chiefs when they had Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill was 150-plus yeah. both games. They held Jalen Waddle to only 44 yards. So it's really deceiving because the, the Dolphins – Offense was not great. They had a, a defensive touchdown, I believe. Yeah. So you beat the Dolphins by three, did enough to get past them. That's all you got to do. Win by three, win by 50, a win's a win. You get to go to the next round. Uh, it's against the Bengals, who also, you know, didn't really have a great game. No. And those Buffalo fans are going to be rowdy, you know, hopefully going into uh, an AFC championship game that they didn't get to see last year. Uh, yes, I do believe that what held the Bills um, in this game this weekend was definitely their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense came up big. Uh, their offense struggled a little bit. They were able to get that run game going a little bit, and they were finally able to bring t- uh, Dawson Knox back into the into the the play and have Ooh. him grab a couple touchdowns. Um, shout out to the tight ends. Um, but I think that uh, one thing University. that um, stood out to me when watching this game was that. Um, Skylar Thompson was able to really kind of dissect this defense of the Bills um, here and there, um, not having Tua in there, of course, a little bit different for the Dolphins' offense. But um, I do believe that the defense is going to have to play a little bit better with Joey B coming into town. Um, the Bengals' offense is also have three great receivers, a great running back that comes out of the backfield. Um, they played well. They played enough to get the win this weekend, but I do believe they will have to play a lot better um, as the Bengals come into town. Yeah, and the one thing I will say about uh, Miami is that I think Miami is one quarterback away from actually really being a really awesome, high, high-powered high offensive team because I know Tua, with all of his concussions that he had this year, I honestly don't think he'll probably be the same next year. Skyler Thompson did all he could do against the Bills, but unfortunately just came up short. However, I just don't think he's not the answer for this team yet. So, like I said, what? I, w- I was just going to say, honestly, Skyler Thompson did what he was supposed to do in the time that he played. I would not be surprised if Skyler Thompson never touches an NFL field again, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, other than preseason. Maybe. Other than preseason. I, Tua yeah. said he's coming back. Skyler Thompson was the third option coming into the season, really. Teddy Bridgewater was the, the backup. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going on with him because he was apparently active in this game and they chose Skyler Thompson over Teddy Bridgewater. So, yeah. I don't know. It, he he has the tools to, to be an NFL quarterback, obviously, but got a, a lot of work to do, as a lot of NFL quarterbacks do, you know, coming in to the, their first season. So, 
we'll see what happens with him, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And that just dives into my little next. We'll make the, you know make this kind of quick a little bit. Uh, you know the Bengal, uh, the Ra- it was the Ravens, Ravens versus the Bengals in the division round. Obviously, you know Tyler Huntley was the quarterback, uh, backup quarterback. The most boring game <laughs> all weekend. <laughs> oh, it was so boring. Oh uh, man, I mean, but I mean, Bengals got it done. They you know squeaked out a win, but honestly, it should have not have been close to begin with. I think the Bengals could have just ran the table with it, but you know, shout out to the Ravens defense. They've always been, you know, always been kind of consistent. In the NFL play, in the NFL playoffs. Shout out to the Bengals defense for winning that game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Shout out to Logan Wilson for saying, "Hey, I'm gonna slap the ball. <laughs> You're not crossing the end zone." And then Sam Hubbard taking it back 98 yards to Abs- the house. Absolutely, that that was still an amazing play. But like you said, Bengals and Bills, the rematch that we're gonna get. I know, obviously, you know they were supposed to play Monday night, but obviously the whole situation with Demar Hamlin happened. So that game never ha- really happened. But who wins this prime? I consider this prime time right here. So who wins this battle? Yeah, I think it should be the prime time game. It's the earlier of the two games on Sunday with Cowboys 49ers taking the late slot. Um, obviously, I'm riding with my Bills. Uh, the spread is opening up as them to be five-and-a-half-point favorites. I think if Josh Allen comes out, limits the turnovers, and the defense plays the same – and can hold the receivers the way they did against uh, the Dolphins. I'm picking the Bills 31-21. Okay. Chris? Uh, I do like the Bills um, – or the Bengals, I'm sorry. I did like the, the Bengals uh, to win this one. I think the Bengals um, go back and see the Chiefs in the AFC Championship this year. Um, I think Joe Burrow is going to hopefully win a Super Bowl this year. Um, but if it doesn't get done, they're definitely um, – the Bills' defense is going to hold them. It's going to hold Jamar Chase, um, hold uh, T. Higgins, um, and then be able to stop the run um, of J- of Joe Mixon coming out of the backfield. Um, I do believe it's going to be a very close one. I do believe it's going to be very fast, high-intense, high-scoring game, and it's going to come down to um, one of them two-minute drives or last-second field goal. Um, that's what we always love to see. But I do think the Bengals come out on top. I'm gonna go 34-31. Wow. Same score as the Same Bills score? and Dolphins. You know, I can. If there was a coin, I'd flip it. Cause honestly, I can't really pick a winner for these two. Cause these two have been have unbelievable talent on both sides of the ball. They've been extremely dominant this year alone. It, not only in their divisions, but also in the regular season against non you know non conference opponents. I mean this the this is like I said before, this is the primetime game right here that I think probably the whole world is is looking forward to see. However, I'm gonna oh man. I'm gonna say I'm gonna pick Buffalo to win it, but it's gonna go into overtime. But Buffalo pulls it out in O T. So my final probably is gonna be I would say thirty four to twenty eight. That's my prediction. I want to throw out a question. Do we have as many missed kicks this divisional <laughs> round weekend that we had the wild card weekend? Well, before we started this, the Cowboys officially announced that Brett Maher would be back for this playoff game. Yeah, Jerry Jones oh, really? was like, so yeah, Jerry Jones was like, no, we're not. We'll see what happens that. with that. Um, he was the only real issue, I think. Um, <laughs> so I guess it depends on him. If he decide, I, I hope he's putting in the work this week leading uh, – <laughs> 
you know, maybe the atmosphere in uh, Santa Clara is a little bit different than, <laughs> than it is in Tampa Bay. We'll see. Two different sides of the country. Maybe, maybe something changes. Absolutely. Well, you can tune in to any of the NFL playoffs. They're going to be on CBS, Fox, and NBC. So be sure to tune in and enjoy the football divisional uh, NFL divisional round as the playoff NFL playoffs continues. But that is going to do it for us here for Claws to the Wall. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson. With me is my co-host, Colton Gibson and Chris Johnson. We will see you next time for Claws to the Wall. You guys have a wonderful day.